What's wrong with you people? Welcome to Nod, another Baptist podcast, and at Southwestern Seminary, you can be confident that you will be equipped for ministry by a scripturally grounded and confessionally guided faculty. The Bible is the primary textbook in every classroom at Southwestern, and every member of the faculty is dedicated to the inerrant, authoritative, and sufficient Word of God, as well as the Baptist Faith and Message 2000. Learn more at swibbits.edu forward slash about. My name is Matt Inslee, and I am joined by the still first place fan for the first place Texas Rangers in the second base City Connect jerseys, Kyle. Hey, man, man? man, I'm doing well. Hey, again, yeah, another week. Rangers are still in first place. And, and you know, I've seen these City Connect jerseys. We, you should share the link. to uh, Anyone who's not a Rangers fan won't care at all. But there's yeah. a really cool story behind the City Connect jerseys. And, and I finally got my hat. And it's even sharper in person than it was on the uh, yeah. um, on the press release. I so. will tell you, in, in real time, in real life, those unis look black. I mean, it looks <laughs> yes. great black, which actually is really sharp. And uh, I believe it's a, called Midnight Blue, which is like nar- darker than navy, but not quite black yeah. is the way that it was described. Yeah, darker than their playoff chances. But anyway, Kyle, <laughs> uh, it, it is it is beneficial to have the Royals and the A's there in the early part of <laughs> On your, yes. Let's not be, let's, you know. Hey. Strength of schedule does not play into the Major League Baseball season at all. You're not having to not impress a committee. You just got to win games. You just and, win uh, games. That's how and getting an early though, right? lead. You know, hey, getting get an early lead, a little momentum. It doesn't matter if you play the A's or the Braves. A win is a win. Kind of like the what's that? Uh, uh, there's a million of them. Fast and the Furious. Whether you win by a quarter <laughs> mile or what? What I don't know. I'm not even gonna try. Anyway, yes, I have watched all of those. Yes, it's been too long to remember. But congratulations, Kyle, on rooting the Rangers onward in this early part of the season. We just swept the Braves, and many are predicting the Braves and the Astros in the World Series. So part of me is like, hey, let's not just tick them off completely. Uh, you know, because stats just end up, I mean, eventually you're due. Like that. that's yeah. always my thing is when, when the batter's like, Oh, and three. I'm like, don't pitch him down the middle because he's due. Like, <laughs> like, yeah, we we swept him, and that's always great because that means that we ticked off like 85 percent of the Southern Baptist Convention baseball yeah. fans. That's that's a lot of our audience. There is yeah. the uh, is Braves fans. So yeah, nobody <laughs> loves the A's, so you don't have to worry. Gloat all you want, although you did lose one to them. Well done, there, buddy. Hey, you know what? You know, you're going to you're going to lose some games to bad teams. But I will say this. The other two games, they you've got to beat bad teams really uh, well when you beat them. And so far, the Rangers have done that. And, and you're right. Nobody loves the A's, not even Oakland. I mean, because they're shipping them off to Vegas. No. So uh, <laughs> no, nobody cares about this, Kyle. So what are we talking about today? Speaking of being patient. Yes. We're going to talk so, about tactical patience. Yeah. Yeah, so one of the what what uh, the replant team has identified as kind of one of one of the essential characteristics of effective replanters is tactical patience, and, and I would describe that as knowing what to change and when to change it, and not just changing things for change's sake. And so I, I had an observation. This is what made me think we should discuss this one. Um, 
Matt, I am convinced that city municipalities and road crews will just shut down lanes of traffic for no good reason. Like they'll just, you know, someone at city hall um, walks in one day and says, you know what? Traffic on 19th street has been flowing too well for too long. We need to take that sucker down to one lane for like a month. And, and we're, we're not going to send workers out there. We're not going to do anything. We're just going to shut it down to one lane because, because traffic has been flowing too well there. Have you experienced this as well? Like there's just random, random construction, quote unquote, around. I think you're making the question far too hard. Is there <laughs> ever a rhyme to the reason for anything the government does? That's true. Yeah, you're right. Beyond, beyond just city municipalities. I mean, you live in DFW, which is like the capital of, you know, useless road construction. Yes. And never ending construction. So yeah, we, yeah definitely. We, we've got one. So there's one really one uh, easy way to get to Rockwall. And it is a two lane road, which is horrible because that's where everybody's going. So yep. school time, but all the time, like it's always moving slow sometimes much more slow than others. And right now they're expanding it to two lanes. And so there's like, or, or to four lanes and it is, uh, it's pretty rough. <laughs> and, but at least to them, they know that there's really no other options. So we've got to do it, you know, little yeah. by little. Yeah. And, uh, but, but yeah, I'm with you. I still am wondering what this has to do with tactical patients. <laughs> so sometimes in a church, um, as a, as a leader, you can just be so used to charging forward with change without making it clear what the purpose is for that change, right? And so if if you do that, it can come off to your people like the never-ending road construction, right? Like, um, why are we changing this thing? Ch- change with, with no good reason. Why are we changing this thing? Why does it matter? Why now? Um, and when is this going, when is this change thing going to be over? Right. So tactical patience, you're a brand new pastor coming in and, and you have a fresh set of eyes. You've not been in this church for the last 30 years. Um, and so oftentimes you come in and you can see things immediately that you think need to be changed. Right. And if you're not careful, it's real easy for you to just come in and say, OK, here's what we're going to change right now. Boom, 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 boom. These things. And they might be minor things to you. But to the folks who've been invested in that church for the last 25 and 30 years, they may not be minor things, right? Um, so one of the things that, that Mark Clifton talks often about is moving the flags off of the platform, right? That might seem like a minor change to you as you come in. But to folks who have been there for a long time, that may be a major thing. And, and Mark would say, that's not something you do like week one. <laughs> like you walk in and, and say, or or Matt, you know, you walk in and you ax the Memorial Day <laughs> worship <laughs> service. <laughs> hey, we, we haven't talked about that at all. was completely unintentional. That's true. This that's is true. what you do on accident after vacation Bible school. When they've yeah. been moved and you just don't move them back and, and you just kind of wait, wait them out. Just see. <laughs> See what happens. So, okay. So, so that actually is tactical, right? So you wait until there is some sort of a change and then you just don't bring something back. We did that in Alamogordo with the meet and greet time, right? Everybody, hey, you know, stand up, greet your neighbor. Um, we had, it was vacation Bible school or Christmas or it was, it was something. And 
we just didn't bring it back. Like we just said, Hey, let's just keep the same schedule we had last week. Just run through it. Don't, don't bring that thing back. And you know what? Nobody missed it. Um, you know, things like meet and greet are a little bit easier than something maybe like a special music. If, if that's something, a change that you would like to make, I would encourage it. <laughs> I, I encourage eliminating special music, but you've got to be tactical in the way you do that because there's maybe somebody in your church who like, that's their ministry is to sing lighthouse um you, you know the, the the lighthouse song once <laughs> once a month from I'm here until Jesus returns for <laughs> the lighthouse yes there you go hey, so I got to tell you this story because we it was it was called timing and and all of it was out of our control um but we at a church I served we're in a sanctuary that sat about probably a thousand. Um, and it was long and narrow. And I know I told the story on the pod, like probably three years ago, this thing's gone long enough. Um, but we had decided we were going to move out, take out like almost half of the pews, all the back pews. We we're going to take them out and make that just kind of an open area for coffee, all of that kind of stuff, I guess. I don't know. And but when we were doing that, we were moving all sorts of stuff around and moving the stage around, making sure that everybody could see blah, 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 blah. One of the things we did was uh, as we're just moving stuff out of the way, we had put the flags back in that side room and we just forgot like it. It was there with all the other kind of extra parts of the stage and and so forth, because we're just trying to streamline everything. That was also like the Sunday after the inauguration of President Obama. And it was just poor timing because we got eviscerated by a member, not really us, but they were just worried that we had cowed to the government because Obama's in pre- is a president now and is demanding us, you know, take all of our flags down or whatever. And we cowed oh to him. Like that, oh, no. that was the, like before there was ever QAnon, there was that. And uh, <laughs> we're like, oh, I don't, it's in one of the rooms. We'll put it back out. Like, no, we got no... <laughs> Directive from President Obama uh, for <laughs> this church to take down their flag. So there was there worry. was no personal we letter. Literally sent forgot. <laughs> um, you know, and and you talked about the whole Memorial Day thing. Like that is a great example because there is change that you just rip the bandaid off, and there are certain things that you would probably need to do that. You know, uh, and but that list is probably pretty small of yeah. things that you just need to day one rip the bandaid off. Uh, and and yeah, I will no. say that I think that as the the older you get and the longer you're in ministry, <clears throat> that list probably gets shorter and shorter of those things yeah. that, that yeah. you would say, uh, man, you know, this is absolutely a deal breaker. Like this has to stop right now. Yeah. And uh, but but yeah, the Memorial Day thing is always a great example of this. Uh, if I had known one that politics or not politics. Yeah, politics, too. But uh, American holidays, you know, the different July 4th, Memorial Day, Veterans Day, all of that was a huge deal at this church, like a huge. Nobody told me, hey, pro tip, if you're on the search team or you're a church member that loves your pastor and wants him to do well, let them know those kind of hidden, you know, landmines because they're coming in completely oblivious to all of them. But that's another thing. And if you're a new guy coming in, ask Ask, that question. yeah, Yeah, I didn't ask. They didn't tell. Nobody told me that, hey, on every political holiday, it was like all patriotic songs, all the pledges, all of them, like BBS style, baby, patriotic sermon, stand, you know, if you're 
you know, lost somebody, stand if you served, stand if you love your country, I guess, on July 4th. I don't know. Like, it was always something, the whole service. Now, if I had known that, I would have drawn up a very strategic plan to kind of little by little pull some of that away. Not, by the way, if you're listening to this, because I hate our country. I love America, <laughs> but also love Jesus a lot more. And I don't ever want that to be kind of just cloudied by all of that kind of stuff. And so I would peel back some of the kind of over the top stuff little by little. And and if I had my druthers, pull back all of that. And what we ended up doing was what we did initially. Um, so so in this case, I would have, you know, maybe let's let's pull back the the music a bit and maybe make this special a patriotic song. And I'll do the the sermon with you know some patriotic illustrations, you know, of of whatever. And then the next year, maybe the sermon's a little toned down and maybe we don't have special music at all anymore. And of course we do the stand thing. And then the next year, you know, maybe it's just a normal service. Um, but it, you, you need a plan for the different kind of where you're going, what you want to see different and change and know that doing that overnight is probably going to get you packing overnight and uh, doing that over time. You, you might can withstand some of that and lead them to that change. You know, sell them on the yeah. change and, and lead them to the point where they're like, yeah. And eventually, by God's grace, our people just fell in love with the new approach to all the patriotic holidays. And everybody was on board and people preferred the way we ended up doing it. I just should have done that over time. And uh, yeah. so, so, yeah. Kyle? But, but you did something important there, too. And you did like a y'all did like a potluck lunch or something like that after the service. And I mean, went went full blown. Oh, with it was with, it yeah. was like if First Dallas did their service <laughs> as a meal after the service. That's what ours was like. We had BFW doing the flags. We had the national anthem. We had what they called barbecue, brother. Mm -mm. We're I'm not <laughs> on them, but it wasn't barbecue yeah. that I'm used to. Anyway, we did that. People loved it. We packed it out, man. A lot of people yeah. came. And so, and so. You know, as you're if if you are new to a church, um, there will be kind of those maybe big obvious landmines that you want to avoid, but there can also be smaller ones that, believe it or not, can get you in the same amount of hot water. Um, so you need to really ask questions. You know, kind of what are the sacred spaces? What are the sacred cows? What are the the hidden landmines and and you don't just want to like pose that to the church but but you want to ask someone who um, is a supporter of yours and has been in the church for a long time and where you can say hey what are some of the things that I need to like know about like um, you know if I don't promote the ladies luncheon coming up like am I going to have everyone mad at me um, if I move this chair out of this corner is that going to greatly offend someone. And, and that doesn't mean that you never do those things. It just means that you're very, again, here's the key word, tactical in the way you go about it. And you're going to have to communicate often um, over and over and over and over again, the purpose behind the changes, yeah. even something as simple as moving a plaque, moving a picture, moving a chair. Um, if, if, Believe it or not, I mean, 
listen, the churches get really funny about their, uh, about where things are. And, and so you're going to have to communicate it until you are sick of hearing it. And about that time, your folks are going to go, you know, I think this is why he wants to, I don't think he just wants to change for the sake of, of change. I think there's actually a purpose behind it. And then it may still take another six months. (laughs) And, and, and to come back a little bit to that Memorial day deal, uh, remember some of those, uh, What's the C word um, I'm looking for? Not complimentarian, uh, uh, where you're working something out, coming into a middle of the road agreement. Compromise? Uh, compromise. That's the word I'm like, God, this has been a long day already. Uh, the compromise. Like, think of like a trade off. Um, let, let's say, for example, you, you think that your, your church needs to get with the time and do all modern music. One, I would tell you there's a way to still have some compromise within your service by using some indelible grace or some of you know the more modern versions of ancient songs. And don't toss out the baby with the bathwater on that anyway. There's infinitely more theology and so forth in some of our older hymns anyway. But that's a topic for another day as well. However, there is a way to do it in your service. But if if you're you're going all in on Elevation and Hillsong and whoever else is out there. Like, uh, oh, I'm not going to make any comment there. Email M. Hensley. <laughs> if you are, uh, you know, consider like a fifth Sunday hymn sing. Consider, mm. you know, a, a night of worship where you do intentionally bring back some of those songs. Bring in maybe in a sermon uh, the story of a, a hymn. You know, so, like there are yeah. still ways because if you have people, that were raised with those songs and so forth, and you just rip off that Band-Aid and they never hear it again, they'll probably go where they can hear it or make your yeah. life miserable until they do. Yeah. And uh, So there are ways to, to do that. Just like that meal was kind of a compromise in between a, a trade-off to pull it out of yeah. the worship service and put it into a time that was more set aside for something like yeah. that. Um, about the only thing I can't think of a compromise would be if your church is dedicated to a singing Christmas tree. I don't know the alternative there. I don't. So if you have an alternative to that, like a singing Christmas tree, I don't know, uh, in Egypt where you don't have to do it at your church, go for it. But, you know, I don't know the alternative. Yeah. What, what yeah, other stuff yeah, can you think of? So you mentioned the songs. Here, here's one thing that our church here in Lubbock has done really well. Um, so the, this, the, our, our church here is about 10 years into a revitalization. So kind of on the other side of revitalization and now um, really beginning to think what's the, what do the next 10 years look like? Um, and so as part of that, they, we, over the years, they moved to more of a contemporary um, worship style on Sunday morning with, well, there, there's a hymn or two thrown in, but, but it's, it's very contemporary. But one of the things that our pastor did um, was started a noon Bible study on Wednesday that is geared towards senior adults. So there's 20, 25 senior adults that show up to this noon Bible study. And we sing two hymns. My mother-in-law plays the piano. I I, I pick the hymns um, and, and we sing, I mean, heavenly sunlight and victory in Jesus. And I mean, these, I mean, the standards that, that I grew up singing, I love. And, uh, uh, and not just that, but but our pastor will really use that as a sounding board. So if there's like something, you know, that's kind of new and and to to an older generation, maybe really weird that's coming up, like he'll use that time 
to, to really talk it up with the senior adults and, and help get them excited about it. And it's just a time for him to pour into some folks who, who quite honestly have sacrificed a lot through the years as, as the church has, has been revitalized and, and a lot of changes have been made. And that's been a really, really good compromise um, where the, I mean, they kind of have their time with, you know, a small group with the pastor singing songs they know and love. And, and that has been a major win um, in, in some other changes where there probably would have been a whole lot of pushback. Um, he's been able to get them on board through some of that. It's been really, really good to see. I think off the cuff, we could probably come up with an alliterated approach to making the change. In the- <laughs> okay. And I think we'll go with a letter that both the Astros and the Rangers have in common. S. S. Okay. Um, <laughs> in Houston and Astros and the Rangers. Yep. Number one, Thanks. slow. Yep. Take it slow. Number two bringing some of the stuff that Kyle said in with this, sell it, yep. sell it over time, share why you are going to make some of the changes you are going to do and share and sell how you're going to ultimately get there. Don't let it be an overnight sensation where suddenly, you know, everything has changed and the wall is pitch black and the stained glass is covered and you've got paneling all over your ceiling. I don't know, like get them there, sell them. And then three, I had a third. Um, slow, I, sell, and what's the third? I, I have one. I have one in case you need it. I, I have two. Steady. Yeah, so, that was so, it. Yeah, steady. Okay. So because sometimes when we say, hey, I'm just going to be patient with this thing, that really means I'm not really going to do anything, right? I'm just going to wait. And, and and I've been there before too, right? Hey, you know, I, I'm, this thing needs to change. We'll get to it eventually. And you just don't do anything. Um, part of tactical patience, yes, going slow, yes, selling it, but being steady with that and and not just saying, okay, we're, we're not going to change this because it's going to be too difficult. If it's something that really needs to change, you need to be working towards that as slowly as it takes, but it needs to be moving towards there. And that takes us to number four, strategic. You mm. need some strategery, yeah. right? Think ahead. How do you need to get there? Where are you going? How are you going to get there? This is where, you know, we had several episodes on strategic planning over the years. Uh, that Those would be good to rehash. But but ultimately, it's knowing where you're going and how you get there. Think about you're going on vacation, the things you got to do, you got to pack, you got to do this, you got to do that. But eventually you start driving and you make turn by turn by turn by turn. You need to start thinking about that in terms of the things you want to see done at your church. Can we at least get a five? Is there a fifth? Yes, yes I have one. Go. And that is sympathetic. Be kind, be caring. Um, if, if, you, <laughs> if you come in, even if it's slow and steady um, and you're selling it and it's strategic, but, you're, but your attitude is, this is what we're going to do, and I don't care if you like it or not. Um, you're not going to get very far. You've got yeah, to be to sympathetic. The, the idea isn't you're doing church wrong. Right. Y'all are doing it the wrong way. It, even if you feel that way, uh, apart from a few things, it's how they've done it. Yeah. It's not necessarily wrong. Uh, you're trying to give them what you may think is a better way. And so, yeah, be sympathetic. It's not y'all are wrong. Y'all are bad. Y'all need to learn the right way to do this. It's here's a way that we can do this in a way that's going to engage those around us. 
Yeah. And, and one of the things that I've realized um, now that I'm about two years out of the, out, out of being a senior pastor, um, it finally dawned on me, you know, church spaces carry a lot of emotion with them, right? I mean, so take a sanctuary, like just think about all the important life moments that happened there. Um, baby dedications, weddings, funerals, Super Bowl um, Sunday. <laughs> um, you know, holidays where, where folks have their whole family and like, like there's a lot of emotion that that's wrapped up in that sanctuary space. And so when you come in and you, you propose something like, Hey, we need to change the, the color of the carpet. We need to change the color of the paint. We need to move from pews to chairs. None of those are major changes, right? They may seem minor to you, but they change the feel of the space. And it's suddenly not the same space where, um, you know, folks have watched their kids be baptized or where they had their um, grandparents and parents funerals. And so understand there's a lot of emotion wrapped up in church buildings. And so even when you come in and, and want to make small changes, that can be a big emotional change for folks. So be sympathetic to that. You, you can't approach this coldly um, because you do not have if you're a new pastor, you don't have the, the years and the time invested there that your folks do. And that, that's not an excuse for not changing, right? It's not an excuse to, to keep nasty carpet that's been there for 40 years and is unsafe. But it, it, it does mean that you have to be sympathetic and caring and let folks mourn as they, they lose something in the change. Like the Texas Rangers new stadium. <laughs> oh, Ag barn, with, with the with the new uh, with the old you know gem of a ballpark sitting right across the street like mocking you as yeah. you walk into the barn especially um, if you sit on that side of the stadium man i mean you're just yeah. seeing it through yeah. the windows and you'll, you'll be like look, a bitter old man like kyle yes about it how many years later four years four years yeah well listen the new ballpark is not bad it's a nice ballpark you know, getting to go sit in air conditioning and watch baseball is is a huge perk. But this but this is where I'm. You know, as I'm getting, I'm about to turn forty in in about a week and a half. So, um, you know, I'm 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 hitting that age where I'm I'm getting a little bit of the you know get off my lawn, yeah. <laughs> curmudgeonly. But it's it's a nice ballpark, but it's not the same. It will never be this. It will never hold. I don't think the same memories. For me, that the old ball. going to have a world. No, we'll we'll have the playoff game. I mean, hey, there, there's already been a World Series championship when there. It was just by the Dodgers. <laughs> yeah. We don't have to mention that on the pod. Uh, Kyle, I appreciate you, and I will tactically be patient with you. And until next time, may your coffee be as black as night and as bold as the gospel you declare. And P.S. If your church does not have memorial plaques right now, I actually saw somebody suggesting this in a group that we're in. Do not, I repeat, do not add them now. Like, don't. Don't ever name anything after anybody under any circumstances. Please and thank you. If you have them, good luck changing them. What's wrong with you people?